Welcome back. Hello. Second episode. Yeah. Where are we? We're in our new little studio. Yeah. We're at home. Yeah. We thought with the type of topics that we're covering off in this podcast, it might be more comfortable to be in a home environment. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, we're at home. And in our previous episode, we spoke about the name being Unspoken Parenthood. But after talking about the podcast to a few people. Yeah, discussing with each other and a bit of brainstorming. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't want to just have it only about parenthood because there were so many taboo topics that people were mentioning that aren't spoken about as well. And Mm. we thought why not open up this. Yeah. Make it an open forum for. Yeah. Open it up for everyone. Yeah, definitely. So the purpose for this podcast and this community is to support each other, love each other. Mm. And connect with other people that have potentially gone through similar situations. Yeah. It's like it's what we've really found out is you just don't know what people are going through mm. um, until, I guess, someone speaks up about it. Yeah. Um, and you don't real, like, they don't realise that they're not alone. Yeah, like after our first episode went live, all mm. the feedback that we got, yeah. we never knew... A lot of people that are really close to us had gone through um, very challenging times. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. So, unspoken chats. Unspoken chats. That's what it's at. (laughs) Um, So, there's a few things that we're going to cover off in this episode. Mm. Angie's going to talk more. And he's going to talk into the mic. You reckon? I reckon. Um, good feedback. Very good feedback. And I just want to put a disclaimer that the first episode was extremely hard for us to do. Mm. Um, and I felt very vulnerable posting it. The day before we posted it, I actually didn't want to post it anymore. Yeah. Because um, I'm getting, we're getting, I'm getting a lot of comments saying. You're so strong, but I need to be honest with everyone. I'm, I'm breaking down. Mm. It's really hard to lose your son. Um, yeah. He's giving me the strength and he's showing me my purpose mm. to help others while also healing myself. So I just want um, every day is different. So I don't want anyone to look at that first episode and think she had a stillborn and you know, she's doing okay because I don't want anyone else that may potentially be going through that thinking that I'm okay and they need to be at the same stage that I'm at. Mm. I'm not okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. We all deal with um, grief grief a lot, like a lot differently to others. Um, We're going to have our hard days. Yeah. Some days a little bit easier, but yeah. Yeah. Also, if you hear any background noises of a dog, Pharaoh is here in the studio mm. making noises. So we do apologize, but also we don't because we love our dog. <laughs> so do you want to go? Do you want to start? Um, yeah. So 
we can kind of kick off from where we left off. I think um, big thing in that was coming home from the hospital. Yeah, coming so, home. Yeah, so we spent, what, three days, was it? Yeah. Um, sorry, three nights at the hospital and then we made, um, we left on the Tuesday night or the Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. Um, and and when home. we, sorry, when we delivered him, it was really sunny. Mm. And the day that we left the hospital was really gloomy and rainy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so coming home for us, it was obviously one of the hardest things to do is leaving that hospital. It's the last thing you expect, mm. I guess, going through eight months or mm. of a pregnancy um, to go to a hospital and leave without your child. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, like we've been saying, we've been blessed with our support. We had um, your sister Nadia, her mm-hmm. husband Anthony, and our friend Anne go to our house on the Saturday when we were when you delivered Leon. Yeah. Um, t- pretty much move all his stuff from the house, have it relocated somewhere else. Just, just so it was one less yeah. thing that we needed to. Pretty much, yeah. Just take everything that we've set up for him. Out of the house. And so, kind of reset the house to yeah. where it was before we yeah. put all of his stuff in the house. Yeah, just so it was that little bit easier when we did come home and just see everything there. Yeah, that was honestly like, um, yeah, that was a massive, massive help for us. And mm. they even took the car seat out of my car. So, mm. you know, when I, we got into the car for the first time, it yeah. wasn't there. No, 100%. Um. So, yeah, so we've come home on the Tuesday. Um, I think that night. Yeah, that was. Was the heart. So I was still really itchy with my cholestasis. So after you deliver your baby, if you've had cholestasis, you still have high levels of bile acid. So your reaction to the cholestasis is still there and it slowly dies down. Mm. Um, so I was still really itchy and really irritated on top of everything else. Yeah. Lasted, what, a week or so? Yeah. And I couldn't sleep at all. Yeah. And Ange was the opposite. Yeah, I couldn't stay awake. It's really weird. Mm. Um, but yeah, that night stuck out a lot, that Tuesday night. Yeah, that was... Our first night home, um, obviously from the hospital after everything had happened. Uh, you'd wake up, woken up at around 3 a.m. Yeah. Um, yeah. Normal wake time. Yeah. Um, and I went, I said to Ange, I'm going to go downstairs. Um, yeah, I'm going to go downstairs and try and, I don't know. Yeah, just keep yourself busy, can't sleep. Yeah, put the TV on. And then he came down with me. Yeah. And we're sitting there watching... <laughs> Harry's practice. So random. At 3 a.m. A Labrador had arthritis. Yeah. Good old Harry. <laughs> and he was treating her. Oh. And then I just remember just watching the back of my eyelids and then just yeah. hearing just wailing from the walk-in pantry. And you know, yeah. Yeah. You'd broken down. 
Yeah, I went into the pantry. I think I was starting to get hungry or something. And still till today, all I can imagine is feeding Leon. Mm. Um, it's probably something I struggle most with. Mm. I just really want to feed our boy. Um, and I just imagined because I had some of the bottle stuff set up in the walk-in pantry. And I think also because it's a confined space and I was by myself. Um, I just broke down and I started screaming and crying. Mm. I think I was screaming, I want you back or something. Um, and Ange came and like picked me up from the ground and was holding me. and Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of heavy moments like that. But um, I, I guess that's grief. It comes in waves. There's some toes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty hard and then the next couple of nights. Would you say it got a little bit easier over time like over I that? think I started becoming a bit numb mm. leading up to the funeral. Yeah, very yeah, a bit desensitized to it. Because we was, knew the funeral was coming. Yeah, that was the other thing throughout that week. Because... It's all real blur. We were getting, mm. yeah, he'd be sitting at home, just sitting on the couch, and then you'd hear the doorbell ring every, oh, every hours, every hour, two hours, and then look, we really, really, really appreciate everyone's love and support and every single flowers that we received. Mm. But every time we received another bunch of flowers for us, it was another reminder that he wasn't with us. Mm. So it got to the point where I had to put them in the garage until his burial. But we're so grateful because all those flowers actually were the flowers he was buried with. Yeah. But it was the reminder. It yeah. was the doorbell. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we ended up setting up a big trestle table in the garage and having moving them all in there. We had two trestle tables. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy seeing and... Realising how loved he was without anyone really getting to know him. Mm. Um, and that was really nice for us to see. Um, yeah. yeah, the support was out of the world. Like we had we had some people visit us and um, send food and, and um, mm. yeah, it was really sweet. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of our family around us. Yeah, 100%. Blessed with support. And so we've come home on a Tuesday and the following Monday was um, the burial and the prayer mm. night. Um, so, yeah, and we, uh, which is pretty hard for us, obviously. We'd, it's weird because you know that day is coming. Mm. And I no think, one, yeah, I wouldn't wish this upon anyone, but no one prepares you to bury your son. Yeah. I don't think yeah, any... Like, I don't think any parent thinks yeah, of that. And, like, I wouldn't want any parent... Enter, yeah, no one enters parenthood yeah. with that expectation or that... And, like, you don't want to because you don't want that anxiety. No. But just seeing that small coffin. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Once... The prayer night was incredible. We had so many people at the prayer night. Yeah, it was very um, 
surprised with that. Yeah, me too. Every single person that came, like, yeah, can't think of enough. Yeah, there's a lot of people there that... I don't know how I s- kept standing. Mm. I don't know how it didn't collapse. That's God's grace. Mm. That's the definition of God's grace. But yeah. Um. <sighs> yeah. Um, leading up to the funeral, physically for me, um, my stomach went down really quickly, um, but I was feeling phantom kicks. Mm. Um, and I also was getting post-birth contractions um, and I still was bleeding. So there was a lot going on with me, but I have to say I had a really easy postpartum body experience. Um, he really took care of me. I was yep. only on Panadol for maybe seven days. Mm. I started easing off really quickly. Um my hardest thing was, okay, the hardest and the most comforting thing for me was having a shower. Mm. So in my pregnancy, um, yeah, in my pregnancy, the shower for me was like a beautiful part of the day. Like I could hang out with him, like yeah. I'm washing my body, like I'm really in tuned with him. Mm. And then I felt so empty. Yeah. Um, And he was no longer inside me. And I felt like I failed him as a mum. I didn't keep him safe enough. Which isn't true. And I always have a bit of guilt though because like I feel like I should have felt like he wasn't okay and I should have known that he was... Passing away, I should have saved him. I'm his mum. But there's nothing you could have done. There's nothing you would have known. My yeah. logical, like my logic brain tells me that. Mm-hmm. But the mum guilt is real. And I also have a lot of wife guilt. I feel like I was just about to give you the world. You still did. Make sure you marry a supportive person. That's all I can say. God bless me with the best husband. So there was a lot going on in my space. And obviously in Angela's like we can't we can't forget about the dad's perspective because you were helping me go through physical changes as well as the mental change and you were being mm. the support. But then what about your support? But I think that's what kind of got me through it because that took my mind off a lot of it. Yeah. Because my focus was there. Making sure I was okay. Mm. Which you did. You made me like 10 shades a day. Thank you. Mm. Um, also leading up to the funeral, people started getting signs from Leon. Do you remember this? Yeah, there were a few. I remember getting so angry. Mm. Like, and I I don't have a jealousy bone in my body, but I was getting jealous. <laughs> I remember. So, um, I like to say our cousin Jade, but it's Angela's cousin Jade. It's my niece. Oh, your niece. Um, we had a joke 
that we called Leon Basil. Mm. That was his um, code name. That was what we told people he was going to be named yeah. before we had him. After St. Basil. And just, yeah. it was just like the funniest joke ever. Anyways, and she was working one day and she was getting orders and one order came through and the name was Basil. And then the second order came through and the name was Leon. Mm. And she sent me a photo and she's like, I can't believe this. And I was like, oh, my God, he's coming to you. Like, that's the best. That next day my sister called me and she's like, oh, my God, this song. By Leon Bridges just kept playing for her everywhere. Just everywhere she went in. She went into a shop or she would go into the car. This song was playing. Mm-hmm. Then we were on the phone to Anthony, my brother-in-law. And what was the TV show? The Chase. The Chase. Yeah. And the person competing against the Chase. I don't even think he was watching. I think he just walked into the room and. Yeah, his name's Leon. Yeah. And after that, after the that sign, I got really upset. Mm. I remember lying in bed and I was like, Leon, stop going to everyone but your mum. Mm. I'm sick of this. I was like, give me a sign. Um. Do you want to tell the story about when we got our sign? Yeah, so um, it was a, it was a really nice night, like which probably the first nice night of October. Yeah. Um, we're like, oh, whatever. Let's go to the we'll go to the beach. We'll go watch the sunset. We'll go get fish and chips. We'll eat at the beach. So my most healing space is the ocean. So I kind of mm. was like begging you to not begging you, but I was like, please, can we go to the beach? Mm. And I love sunsets and sunrises. Yeah. So we went there. Where was it? So you randomly like, or no, did I randomly? You randomly. Best fish and chip shop in Brighton. Yeah. You found some random fish and chip shop that you yeah. wanted to go to. Cause yeah. They had good reviews. Yeah. So we end up in this fish and chip shop. Nowhere to sit. It's like. It's tiny. Yeah, a little narrow and then. Um, in Brighton and we're sitting there, we've placed our order and there's like a little bench. So we're sitting at the, on the bench and we're just waiting and then all we hear is this lady just yelling out, Leon. And we both stared at him. The like, first time we were like, what? Yeah, like she said it once and we both paused and looked at each other. Like, nah. And then she says it again. And then another, <laughs> then one of the other kids says, like calls out Leon again. But they're and like yelling his name, yeah? Mm. No one else is getting their name yelled out. Yeah, and the the demographic is predominantly, I guess, a bit more Australian. Cool. Yeah, yeah, more Cauc- Australian. More Caucasian Australian. And then probably and then a kid walked out. Our complexion. Which, uh, yeah, roughly our our complexion. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah. <laughs> And we're like, what's going on? He was probably like 15. He looked so cute. And he was like trying his hardest. He ended up making our food. He made our food. His name was Leon. Yeah, it was so weird. It was really, really weird. It was kind of like this is a glimpse of like, I don't know. Yeah. So, so yeah, Leon made our food. Yeah. Um, He learned. uh, It was the first time he made that apparently because I remember they were teaching Mm. Yeah. So he's like a new worker as well. Mm. So I was really, really happy after that because I'm like I got my sign from my son mm. and we were driving home 
and this is the night before his funeral, by the way. We were driving home and we got a call from Father John. Mm. And he told us. It was a text message. Maybe a text message. Yeah. I thought we were on the phone with him. Possibly. I think he sent through the photo and then we called him. Maybe, yeah. He, anyways, he got a sign from Leon to the driving, number plate. Yeah. He was driving, saw a car, with a number plate that said Leon or something. Similar. Or Leo or something. But he's like, oh, he came to visit me. Yeah. And that just, that for me was like, oh, mm. so cute. Um, but, yeah, our boy did his rounds. He, he gave everyone some signs. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. What about Pharaoh when we come home? Oh, so how do we even describe Pharaoh as a dog? I don't know. He's a weird dog to, to describe. He doesn't like attention or affection from care. humans, yeah. but he's a mummy's boy. Yeah, he loves you. Loves loves cuddles late at night. Like he's all about that. And then as soon as Ange comes in the room, he kind of goes, <laughs> and he like jumps off the bed. Like mm. so, he loves he loves his mum. He would not come anywhere near me as soon as I came home without Leon. Yeah, we- when we came home from the hospital, he didn't come near any of us. No, I didn't come near you either. He was just sulky, sitting on the bed for like two, three days. He literally was crying. Do you remember when he cried? Mm. He wouldn't. He wouldn't get off his bed. He wouldn't eat his food. Um, yeah, it was full on. Pharaoh was really, really sad. Mm. It's weird how like people say, "Oh, dogs know, animals know," but you're like, "Yeah, yeah, they do." But then you actually see it, and, and you're like, like, "Oh wow, yeah, you actually weird. didn't know." Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a lot leading up, um, until the burial, but yeah, uh, like we said, all those flowers that we received, they went to, um, his resting place. Yeah. Um, which was really nice. So, uh, when we got there, obviously once the burial was done and he's been put in, we left the flowers there because... What they, they obviously put a cover on it where you leave and then sometime later in the day they'll come and fill the the grave up. Um, and then what they've done is they've just obviously placed the flowers on top. Mm. Um, I'm so sorry. I just remembered something. What? We didn't pick his plot. Oh, yes. We didn't pick his row. We All we picked was Faulkner. Mm. So we, we were when we were organising it all, the guy... Um, from the funeral home recommended that we go out there. I'll oh, have a look. Just make sure you're happy with the location and everything. We're like, you know what? For us, we were like, can you just do it for us? Yeah. We were like, all well, we all we request is a single um a single plot, yeah. but you pick. We we don't mind. You you just allocate whatever. Yeah, so um yeah, go on. So his his row and his number, which I don't want to say out loud. Because every, then everyone's going to know where he is. Okay. I don't know. I find that weird. No, that's fine. You have to say that. Um, but it equals his row and his number equal the time that he was born. Yeah. If you take the number of the letter of the row and his the number of the Mind-blowing. Yeah. Which is really weird. Um, and he's in the same row. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. Well, as someone else's baby that we know. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
it was just, it was comforting mm. in the most saddest way. Yeah, definitely. Like our angels are together in heaven. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying they cover up, they put the... Yeah, so they, so we obviously left flowers there for them to place over um, his plot. Uh, And obviously they're going to just, they're going to put it there as nice as possible, but they're not going to sit there, take time and dress it up how... How we would want it. Yeah, how we'd do it. Mm. Um, So yeah, was it the next day we've come back or the couple of days later? I think we, I think it may have been the next day. Mm. I think it was the next day. Yeah. Because we wanted to make sure it was, you know, done correctly. Mm. So, yeah, so we came back, tidied it up. It was just me and you. Um, yeah. Uh, just we picked the right flowers, like had it looking really nice. Yeah, we nice. like assorted it really nicely. Mm. And you were saying like, feel, like that's something that feels really good, something that we could do. Yeah. So like there's very limited things that, we can do as his parents mm. and the things that we can do, we really honour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were able to clean that up and when we were there we actually walked through the the kids' uh, cemetery um, and that was really emotional um, and we said prayers for a lot of the kids or mm. all of the kids. Um but it just makes you realise there is so many parents out there grieving, grieving their kids. Mm. So, um, yeah, that was confronting because I had never been to, I'd only ever been to one of the burial. That was my grandfather. Mm. Um, so it was and a it was lot. a lot different as well. It was very different, yeah. He lived a, you know, beautiful long life. Um. Yeah, it was very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after the burial, as I mentioned before, I don't even think I continued the story about the shower. So there's this thing called, or I call it, like trauma brain, where I feel like I can't keep a, th- <laughs> I can't keep a thought. Mm. So I feel like I'm jumping... From back and forth. But yeah. the shower after the burial, like the the days after, yeah. I broke down yeah, in the shower and I was like really angry with God. Which and is, yeah. I felt like my faith was really tested in that moment. Hmm. How did you deal with that? Because you're the one that dealt with it. I don't know. I think we dealt with it together though. I don't think it was just me dealing with it. I think you helped me a lot through that. Yeah. Because I was angry. Yeah, I think you were angry but you were still understanding though. Like Yeah. Like you you know you're you're allowed to be angry. Mm. I think you had a few conversations with the priests. Yeah. About that too. I had one really good conversation with Father Michael. He really helped me feel okay with not being okay mm. and saying to just surrender to God and, and um, like, he has the plan 
Mm. Leon's actually in a better place than what we are. 100%. I tend to forget that because everyone keeps telling me, you've got an angel. And all I want to scream back is, I just want my baby. I don't want an angel. Mm. I want a baby. I want my son. 100%. But then I also remember God's will. Mm. And I do have a baby. He's just not on earth with us. Mm. So, yeah, my fate was really tested. Um, And then, yeah. Yeah, and then how do you physically after giving birth? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped postpartum bleeding two weeks after giving birth. Um, And... How many weeks after that? So four weeks after giving birth, I got my period, which is very quick. Normally people take at least six to eight weeks to get their period after giving birth. Mm. So when I got my period, I knew it was my period. But on the third day, it got really, really heavy to Mm. the point where it was very scary. Yeah. So I had to call a nurse and explain what was going on. Yeah. It's hard because you have to explain our situation every time. Every single time. Mm. And then when I explained to the nurse what I was feeling and what was going on, she's like, you might have a second hemorrhage. Mind you, never heard of what a second hemorrhage was before. I thought you could only hemorrhage at birth, but apparently there's a second hemorrhage that can happen, which means that you're bleeding out essentially. Yeah. So it's very dangerous. Often caused by... Either infection or something that's... Or like product left in your uterus, like placenta. Yeah. So she pretty much said, look, you need to go straight into emergency um, Mm. and you need to get this sorted. And when she told me I had to go into emergency, although I had the best experience at my hospital with, you know, the worst scenario in regards to losing him... Mm. I love that hospital and I'm very grateful for that hospital, but it's very traumatic for me to go back. Yeah. Um, but we did. I went to emergency, did all the tests. The doctor thought, yep, we think it's a um, a second hemorrhage. And said even, <clears throat> even if it isn't, to be on the safe side, Yeah. let's just tick all the boxes. Yeah, tick all the boxes and do all of the tests. They told me that I had to ha- do an ultrasound on my uterus. Mm. Um, I didn't want to see my uterus without him. That was really yeah. That was really hard. I think ultrasounds in general, especially that region. Yeah, coming off, coming off almost a year of just seeing him there, just getting ultrasounds. Mm. There for him, mm. and then going back. Yeah, for him. and then I was in the exact same room, um, doing the ultrasound that I had seen him the day before he passed when he was healthy. Mm. So it was just very triggering. But I'm glad that they made me do every single test because we left knowing 100 percent that I'm health. I was healthy, yeah. and it was just very heavy bleeding after, uh, like my first period. Um, after giving birth, which can happen. 
Mm. You can get heavy periods after giving birth. Another thing I did not know. So I hope that helps someone. But obviously if you're worried, call your doctor. But, yeah, I had heavy bleeding after giving birth. I mean my first period after giving Mm. birth. Yeah. How did you feel seeing me go back to the hospital? Actually, not even me. How did you feel being back in the hospital? Yeah, I was, I don't know, it's, it's not ideal, but yeah. you're there. We're there for a reason. Mm. So obviously just stay focused on why we're there. You're very strong to do that. No, not really. It's just keeping my mind on what I need to keep it on. Yeah, true. But yeah, so physically I was um going through it just a little bit, just in regards to the bleeding. But I wasn't in any pain, which is good. Um, But one thing that I found that really helped me stay distracted was watching Ugly Betty. (laughs) It's a TV show you can just put on and you don't have to think. And I haven't watched it since I was like really young and I needed a distraction. There were so many episodes of that and I could just kept hearing it every single day. (laughs) I had it on at all times. Literally morning to night that show was on for what, a week and a half? Yeah. It was my comfort. Yeah. I needed a show to distract me Mm. but not a show that I had to pay attention. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone going through trauma, watch Ugly Betty. It'll make you happy. <laughs> it's a drain of a show. It's a good show. Yeah. No worry. Uh, one thing we realised is um, the mornings and nights are really hard. Mm. You wake up and you remember and you go to sleep and crave your baby. Yeah, it's yeah. It's in the middle of the day where you're occupied and keeping yourself mm-hmm. busy. Yeah. But I think it's the silence that gets deafening. Yeah, And you're just definitely. sitting there. And you're just in your own mind. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, because we have so much time, and we wish we were changing nappies and feeding and mm. all of those things that you're scared of. I wish I wasn't sleeping from a crying baby. Yeah. I would do anything in the world to be awake or sleep deprived with a baby crying mm. that needed me, that was alive. Um, but because we have so much time and our mind is essentially all over the place, we decided to book a trip. Yes, we did. Which um, it's very bittersweet. Mm, yeah, so we – because we were originally supposed to get married in October of 2020, mm-hmm. obviously prior to all the lockdowns and the restriction ban- – the travel bans and, and everything that happened around then. So we've – um, booked our original honeymoon 
mm-hmm. that we were supposed to go on, which is USA and Mexico. Yeah. So we're going to New York to watch the the Jets. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Yes. For Ange. It's for you. No, it's for Ange. No, it's for you. Mexico's for me. New York's for you. And then what? San Francisco and LA are just fillers, just to get in and out. Yeah. Nah. Check in, check out. Know what I mean? Now nah, we've got your cousin in San Francisco that we're going to yeah. go see. And yeah. LA, like you're flying home, might as well just yeah. see it. See something else. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be exciting. Um, just a little thing to get our mind off it. We're, mm. we're fortunate we're in a position that we could do this. Yeah, we're very grateful. Um, it's not really getting our mind off it. It's more heal, like dealing with yeah. our grief. Yeah. Or learning it. I don't know. Our whole mind was prepared to take on the battle of a new parent. Mm. And I think our mind was consumed with we've done our travelling, like now we're going to, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, now we don't have that. So. What can we do? What can we do? Yeah. Catch flights, not, <laughs> what do they say? Catch yeah. flights, not feelings? Something like that. Yeah. Look at you with your young slang. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Mm. So, so that's um one thing we've booked to help us a little bit. Yeah. Been a, there's been a few things that's helped, like, I guess, Helped us. Seeing our friends' kids have helped us so much. Yeah. So um, this, one of our friends has a daughter and she loves chickens. Mm. This brought me so much joy. So she loves her chickens. And do you want to tell the full story? Yeah. So we'll actually, um, so buying some stuff for the studio, buying these chairs. Yeah, these couches. Um, and the people we were buying them off when we were there, they're like, oh, yeah, come pick them up at this time. We need to, because we're going to the market at, um, by this time. So mm. we got there, we we're having a chat to them. They end up being lovely people. Yeah. They're really nice. Um, so we've gone, we've done that. And then our friends live not too far by. So we called them up. I'm like, Hey, do you know anything about this market? Cause it wasn't. It's not near our area. Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm not too sure. Um, I think it's around here. I don't know what the – I haven't been before. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like, can you just see if they've got any chickens? Because <laughs> <laughs> they've just moved and they've got a decent-sized backyard and they've got their little daughter there. They've got her some chickens and they must have gotten out or – the fox so, got yeah, two chickens. something happened and then fox, the fox has come and it's taken two of their chickens. So, and obviously poor girl's devastated. Mm. And Sarah loves birds, to be fair. I hate, oh, sorry, God. I very much dislike birds. I'm scared of birds. I don't like them. I don't trust them. The fluttering that I'll eat chicken, mm-hmm. love chicken to eat. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really terrified of chickens. And birds. But for this little girl, I'll do anything. Yeah. So 
We ended up parking. We had no idea where to park, where to find them, if they even had them. <laughs> so we park our car, finally make our way around, and the first store we see is just the it's just heaps of chickens. Yeah, all these chickens. And they come yeah. in different breeds. Yeah, different shapes, different sizes, different, different colours. Everything. Oh, and different sizes of yeah. growth. Ages. Oh yeah, ages. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> like you can really Pick your chicken. <laughs> mm. So weird. Anyways, we ended up buying three chickens. Yeah. We bought two to replace the this. We bought two of the same breed to replace the ones that the fox got. Yeah. And then I saw one that was really cute. Even though I don't like chickens, but it had like a hat on it. It's called a silky. Anyways. So it's so. a really fluffy chicken and it looks like it's wearing a hat. Anyway, just- so we got the chickens and we drove it down and... Her um, reaction, just seeing her with her new chickens, Mm. brought me such joy Mm. to the point where someone, one of the parents said to us, oh, how are you going? And I said, yeah, good, how are you? And in that moment I realised I said good and I really got upset with myself because it's like I shouldn't be good. Like why am I saying good? Mm. Um. Anyways, and then we really enjoyed seeing it with the chickens and when we were driving home, um, I was saying to Ange, I would I would get Leon ten chickens. I would pick them up, I would I would do anything. Mm. Like it puts your life in such perspective. Yeah. Just seeing them so happy with her. Yeah. She loved her chickens. And, like, we had visitors come past and um, give their condolences, like friends of ours come past and give condolences and they were with their kids. And, you know, people aren't sure how we're going to cope with either seeing them pregnant or seeing them, seeing their kids. Mm. It doesn't affect, like, it actually brings us so much happiness when we see them. I think as well very early on when we got out, um... Oh, the first outing. Yeah, the first outing. I think it was a couple of days after we got home. You were feeling good enough and being home alone, it's especially after that, it's just us two. Yeah. It's not great. So we ended up going just to Just to get sushi. Yeah, just a local shopping centre, just get sushi. And what people forget to tell you is or you just never really notice unless you experience it or you're, you're one of them is during the weekdays, like in the middle of the day, it's there's no one at shopping centres but mums with prams. Yeah, because they're on mat leave and, you know, they're getting out of the house and stuff. So as soon as we walked into the shopping centre, and I'm walking slow at this stage because I'm still really healing. Like I'm telling you, it's like five days post giving birth. Mm. And I'm walking like kind of slow and I look up and I see fresh, fresh baby, like maybe a week, Mm. two weeks old. And I just had to, you know, have my moment and. Yeah. It's seeing babies, it brings me joy, but I also see Leon's age. So like babies that are around the age of what he would be right now. For me, is really hard. Mm. Um, 
But for some reason seeing people's kids that I know, yeah, it's not hard. Yeah, it's it feels good. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. Nice. Like nice. one of our friends came over to give condolences and her daughter was playing with Farrah and Farrah was like licking her face and being cheeky and, mm. you know, she really liked Farrah and that was so sweet to see. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's um every day is different with grief. Yeah, grief's a funny thing. It's a roller coaster. Mm. But I think um this play like unspoken chats, that's literally essentially that's what we're doing. Yeah. It's not gonna be exclusive obviously to our story. Not at all. These like the topic of stillborns or pregnancies or anything like that. It's we've Leon's been a reason why it's kicked off. Yeah. Um, it'll always be that that reason. Yeah. Purpose of why we're doing this. But this space is but, for everyone. Yeah, this is it's an open forum for people who want to express themselves or just get something off their chest or tell their yeah, story. Tell their story. Help others who could possibly be going through what yeah. they've gone through or what they're going through. Like for example, like Tabu ta- taboo conversations that aren't spoken about could be men's mental health or, you know, postpartum depression or, I don't know, dealing with disease. No one talks about when you, Mm. like if someone has a disease, how they're dealing with it. Yeah, once you're diagnosed, you feel like. You're by yourself. Or um, literally anything. Mm. Drug use. You know, rehab, like things that literally no one talks about. Mm. We want this space to be a space of love and support. And as humans, we like we like connection. We need connection. Mm. And um, this space is to connect with people and yeah, and heal. Yeah, yeah. but I know. Oh same time. But um, next episode hopefully isn't going to be about us. Yeah, so in the future you're going to be seeing some episodes um, with some other people on here. Yeah. Where obviously one of us will be speaking to some other people. Yeah. Um, and I want to I want to re-say this is a very vulnerable place to be. 100%. I feel so vulnerable sharing our story. Yeah. Good. But the feedback has made me feel empowered. Mm. So I'm doing this for Leon. Um, so people know about him. 100%. Do you feel the same? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're Leon's dad. And you're his mama. Yeah. All right. We're going to finish off now. Yeah. We are. Thanks for listening. No. I'll see you. Bye.